I'm Carly Fiorina, and this is By Example. On this podcast, we sit down with leaders of all types to explore examples of real leadership and the qualities of all great problem solvers. I think we get really confused about what leadership is. On By Example, we lift up the real leaders, people who are focused on changing the order of things for the better and solving real problems that are right in front of them. Leading by example. Last week, I traveled to Atlanta to meet with leader, speaker, author, and my friend, John Maxwell. You're probably familiar with him, but for those of you who aren't, John is one of the most highly regarded leadership experts in the world. He has sold 30 million books in 50 languages. He's the founder of the John Maxwell Company and the John Maxwell Leadership Foundation, among other projects. And you can read more about him at johnmaxwell.com. John and I have done some work together over the last year, and every time we come together, we get excited about the possibilities to do more. And so while we were in Atlanta, we talked about a partnership that we're working on to build and spent hours sharing and honing our vision for all the additional collaboration we can do together. We also both talked about our upcoming books. Mine, Find Your Way, will be out in April. And his, Leader Shift, is going to be out next week, and you can find it on johnmaxwell.com. We had a lot of fun with it because we both read each other's books, and we all had our favorite parts, and so you'll hear a little bit about that. We knew that we needed to record a podcast while we were there so that we could share our mutual passion for developing leaders, identifying leaders, lifting leaders up, giving leaders the tools they need to be even more effective, and talk together about some of the stories that we've encountered along the way. Our conversation was long and wide-ranging. I so enjoyed it, and I've broken it into three parts— which you're going to hear over the next three weeks. Our conversation is partially led by the CEO of the John Maxwell Companies, Mark Cole, and starts with John talking about his greatest leadership challenge. You know, I just read a stat um, a couple days ago that said that um, leadership wasn't being taught uh, at a low enough age that we were waiting, the average person said that they should probably be 21 before they learned to, to have leadership. And you and I both know that leadership begins not by the actions on the outside, but by the values on the inside. And uh, people ask me all the time, Carly, they'll say, John, what's your greatest leadership challenge? And I say, leading me. <laughs> I'm my greatest challenge. I, I have to make sure my motives are right as a leader. I've got to make sure that my values are where they need to be. My always greatest, it's always easier to teach someone else how to do it or tell someone else what to do than to, than to do it yourself. And so when you talk about the project that we're having in Guatemala of a half a million fourth, fifth, and sixth graders having these this values-based training, it, we're really developing leadership on the inside. And, and what we really want for them is for them to be bigger on the inside than they are on the outside. And... Um, it's very exciting, this launch, because they have never had it. And it's in the curriculum. I think that the main thing I want our listeners to know that this is not like a, a subject they take after school and, you know, it's kind of like a, a, an elective subject. This is in their school curriculum. 
In other words, this is in with their, with their math and with their language and everything else, and that these kids are going to be really studying uh, values that will really help them uh, be, a, be a better person within themselves so they can do better for others. So um, this is kind of a, a dream come true for us. We've worked very hard getting this material ready. It's good stuff, and uh, now we're going to be able to start impacting some kids. Incredible. Both of you, accomplished writers, written written books that have impacted people. Carla, your book, Find Your Way, is coming out in April. We can't wait on behalf of John. We can't wait to begin promoting that and making that a part of what we do here at the John Maxwell Enterprise. I'm so excited about that. And John, your book, Leadership, it comes out in February. And uh, here, here's what I love, gang. I, I watched two great leaders, Carly and John, connect today, and they couldn't wait to tell each other their takeaways from each other's books. I was just, I was humored by you guys today. You both were pulling out your notepads and saying, this is what I learned. Here's what I'd love to do. Um, We're going to talk a little bit, Carly. You prepared some questions for John uh, about leadership. But first, I would just love um, you guys to talk. You you shared a little bit in our team meeting today, Carly, about some of your takeaways from leadership. And I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about that. And then, John, your your takeaways from Find Your Way. And uh, you guys just kind of let us hear how you processed each other's books. <laughs> well, there's so many things I loved about leadership, and I actually took pictures of my favorite pages on my phone. And I kept in the meeting, I kept picking up my phone, not to be rude, but because I was looking at my favorite page and getting out the quote. I think at the highest level, though, there are loads of pages and wonderful things in here, but at the highest level, what I appreciate so much about this book is what I think is encapsulated in the title you chose. There are some fundamentals of leadership that never change, the values that underlie leadership, for example. Those never change. But a true leader knows they're never finished. They're never done. The work is ever ongoing. And so what you talk about in this book is what else has to happen? What else does someone have to learn to do based on a foundation of the things about leadership that never change, the values, the problem-solving tools, et cetera, there are a bunch of other things you need to learn to do. You have to learn to have the right timing, not just the right speed, for example. You have to learn how to see potential in others, not just potential in yourself. All these things take uh, discipline, practice, yes, yes. awareness, learning. A leader is never done. The job is never finished. And that's, of course, I think, what both you and I find so exciting. Yeah, the, the other thing that I would just say is I use these words helpless, hopeless, powerless. Too many people, too many people, even in this, the most fantastic and wealthiest country in the world, too many people feel helpless, hopeless, and powerless. And, of course, I think our, at our core, what you and I both know is there is always reason for hope, that there right. is always a That's way right. to help make the situation better, mm-hmm. and that each of us have more power and potential than we realize. That's right. And so your book, Leadership, helps people, I think, understand what do I need to keep doing and learn how to do differently so that I maximize the power and potential I have and I can be hopeful about the help that I can give to myself, my family, and to others in my community. 
Well, thank you, Carla. You know, when I was uh, reading your book, the manuscript, because the book comes out, when does it come out? It comes out in April. April 9th. April 9th. <sighs> April 9th. And it was, but it's talking about how to find your way. And, and when I was reading it, I thought, what an encouragement this is going to be for people who haven't yet found their way. I, I love the fact that you gave such hope and that you believe so much in, in potential. And so I started pulling quotes out of your book. And I, I, I have, okay, I, I counted them. 27 <laughs> thoughts, ideas, and quotes out of this I, book. I could tell you how many pictures I have, <laughs> but okay. But, but, uh, but, but it, this one, I mean, just, just listen to this for a moment. Here's what Carter says in this book. Human potential is the only limitless resource in the world. And what I love about that is those are more than words to you. You believe that. Yes, and it you, is also the most squandered resource in the oh, world. Oh, yes. Isn't that the truth? I mean, just think what we could do for our world if we would just take that one one resource and and, 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 add, and add value to it and uncap it. That's it. Here's another one. Oh, this one really spoke to me. Who you might become is, be, is, is forever before you. What you might accomplish keeps whispering your name. Oh, my gosh. When you said that, when you wrote that, I thought to myself, there's been something within my life for the last few months that's just been whispering my name, and it's, it's a higher calling. And, and it just, Here's what. When I read your book, it, it brought the best out of me. And I th- here's what I think about big people. I think when you're around big people, they make you feel bigger. And I think when you're around small people, they make you feel smaller. And, and you're a big person. And when I read the book, I felt bigger. I felt, I felt more e- empowered, more equipped. And this is going to be a great book. I mean, when it comes out, I'm buying boxes just for, to, to pass out. Because one of the things I do, when I find a good resource, uh, whenever I go to lunch with somebody, I bring the book with me and say, here, I got something for you. I want you, I want you, to, I want you to read this. Because I think one of the greatest ways to add value to people is to tangibly put resources in their life. And that's it's one I'm going to use. It was, it was a great book. Thank you so much for writing it. Well, and you're so generous in your praise, and we're so generous in your endorsement. But one of the quotes out of your book is, and I won't get it exactly right because I don't have my phone with me, but you said something about, something like, encouragement is energy for the soul, food for the soul. Uh, And so I am energized by the encouragement you have just given me. And I think, John, let me move beyond this one book, Leadership, that you have had so many books. But the thing that is so remarkable about you, I believe, as a person, as a teacher, as a mentor, as an author, is you provide so much encouragement to so many people. And our world is in need of encouragement. They really are. I completely agree. My, my father, Carly's 97, still alive. And in fact, up until a year and a half ago, he still worked for full time. He's an incredible mentor, incredible friend, and, and a great encourager. And I, I asked him one time, I said, Dad, I said, you always encourage people. This is when I was way younger. I said, how do you know that people need encouragement? And he smiled real big. He said, son, he said, if they're breathing, they need encouragement. He said, now, if they're not breathing, if they're dead, don't encourage them. You don't need to encourage them. But he said, as long as they're breathing. And really, encouragement is, it's the oxygen. Oxygen. It's the oxygen Oxygen of the soul. But isn't that true? And again, one of the things I love working with you and beside you and serving you, Carly, is the fact that you you value people. And um, I just really cannot connect and lead or partner with anybody that 
that in any way devalues other people. I, I love that. I saw that in you immediately, and I think that's why we resonate so well together. Um, we really want to add we really want to add value to people because we really value people. And I think once that's the foundation, then then good things happen. So anyway, I'm very excited. When the book comes out, my friends, you really uh, you really want to you want to. And get we're going to provide sure. a way in both of our channels. We're going to really provide a way for you to be able to pick up that book. Staying on that point, uh, Carla, you asked a question earlier um, of John. You said, "How important is humility in this space?" And are in this practice. And uh, I'm going to ask both of you that question. I love the question that you framed for John. And John, I want you to go first here, but how important is humility in the practice of leadership? Well, I think humility is essential. I think it's the core. Um, first of all, I, I think teachability is, is so important for any person to keep growing. And I, I think that teachability is a result of having humility, that you're saying, I don't know it all yet, and I need to know more, and I, I need to learn more. And I have always felt that every person is my teacher. I, if I can sit down for 15 minutes with any individual and ask them a couple questions, they have something to teach me. And I always feel that the that humility is a real sense that that you value the people around you, and you realize that they have made the people around me, Carly, have taken me so much further than I could have ever been by myself. And so to me, it's foundational for a person's life. Um, it's, it's not denying my strengths. It's, it's not being a wallflower, humility. But what it is really is understanding that other people make me better and I need other people and other people have something to teach me and uh, they, they complete me. And so therefore, I want to be around them so that we can together do more than what we could ever do by ourselves. You know, you, you've lived this very public, forward-facing role in the corporate space at Hewlett-Packard. You've done the same thing in a political race. How do you keep your humility while everyone else is misreading you and mischaracterizing you? Oh, my gosh. Well, there's plenty of criticism that goes along, so so uh, other people keep me humble, believe me. But, um, you know, I think the reason humility is so important, and I would just say amen to everything John said, Humility is important because nothing worth doing is ever accomplished by someone acting alone. That's right. Nothing worth That's doing right. is ever accomplished by someone acting alone. And without humility, you cannot understand that if you want to achieve something, you need help. If you want to solve a problem, you need to collaborate. If you want to get better, someone has to help you get better. Nothing worth doing happens by someone acting alone. That's so true. Humility, just to punctuate something John just said, humility is not false modesty. It's actually quite important that leaders understand their strengths. It's very important that a leader has confidence in what they know how to do. But that confidence has to be balanced in equal measure with the humility I can't do it all by myself. I don't know it all. There's someone who knows something I need to know. And so frequently, that someone actually is very different from me. They may look different. 
They may come from a different background. They may have, God forbid, different politics. I've built diverse teams all my life, and what I've learned over and over and over again is if you put a team of diverse people in a, around a table and everyone has an understanding of their own gifts and everyone has the humility to hear others' contribution, good things happen. Mm-hmm. If you want to solve a problem, you better be humble and you better know someone else can help you solve it. Yeah, that's so true. A, a statement I love is one is too small of a number to achieve greatness. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Staying in leadership, uh, I love this question, Carly, that you you put to John. And I, and again, I'm going to come back to you, Carly, because John, you talked about uh, leaders needing to be nimble and ready to adapt. Sure. So how can someone develop good systems, strategies for accomplishing goals, and yet stay dynamic and adaptable? Well, first of all, let's talk about the nimbleness and the agility. In the, in the book on leaderships, what I really want to help people understand is, you know, when I began my leadership journey, it was all about seeing more than others saw. I mean, that's what a leader did. They had a vision. They, they saw more than the people around them. But I think the, the, the more is still very essential for leadership, but I think that another word is kind of starting to edge out the word more, and that's before. I think today with the, with the fast pace that we're in, I think leaders see before others see. And this gives us the ability to seize the moment. And uh, one, one of the things I love about in your book is you talk about the path over, over the plan. And it's so beautiful. In fact, when you, when you get Carly's book, what I found when she talked about the path, the journey that, that you take, it, gave, it gives you permission. The path gives you permission to, to uh, be creative. It, it, gives you, it gives you permission to make discoveries. It makes you, uh, uh, gives you permission to change your mind or change your attitude. You or change the plan. <laughs> to, change, to change the plan. And, and, and that's what, when we're talking about in, in leaderships, I th- that doesn't mean that you're fickle or that you can't keep your mind on something or your ADD. What it really means is you're very focused on, 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 on your path, but you're very flexible on, as a leader, watching the winds and being able to, uh, being able to take and seize a moment when it's there because that moment maybe is only there for a moment. And if, you, if you're if you not quick and agile, it, it, it's gone. And, you know, John Wood, my mentor, used to say, you know, when, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. And I think that leadership is all about understanding that. And so you're prepared already and you're ready to make that shift whenever uh, it's called on. Carly, you've said often, I've heard you say this, we were made to be extraordinary. So in your opinion, what are some reasons people fail to reach their full potential? Well, I think we were made on purpose and for a purpose. Another analogy I would use is, you know, a doctor will tell you that each of us probably uses on average between 12 and 15 percent of our lung capacity. I think people are like that, too. So why do people fail to live their fulfill their potential. Maybe they don't think they have any. Maybe no one's encouraged them. Maybe no one's ever said to them, I expect that you can make this situation better. I'll help you, but I expect you can make this situation better. So sometimes people are weighed down by the low expectations that other people have of them. Sometimes no one's ever said to them, yes, you can do this. No one's ever encouraged them the importance of encouragement. Maybe they're afraid. They're afraid someone's going to say, who the heck do you think you are? You know, our culture today values conformity. Let's all, 
you know, let's all curate our lives on Instagram, let's all follow the same people. That's not necessarily a message that says, you know, find out what you're made of. Find out what you're made of. Go take on a challenge. Take a risk. Because it's only actually when we take on a challenge that we find out what we're made of. And so the life's work of John and myself is let's equip people so that they feel empowered and unafraid to tackle a challenge, take a risk, and find out what they're made of because they're going to make a difference if they do. That's a fact. In fact, you know, I I sometimes wish that I could um, loan my belief to people because I, I see them with their potential, I think sometimes a lot more than what they see themselves with their potential. And I know for myself, uh, I had a few people loan me belief when I was younger, and it added incredible value to me. They they said words that I wouldn't have said about me, and they uh, gave me uh, they encouragement. gave me a, a, a encouragement that I would never have said. And, and 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 they put me over my head and cheered me on. They didn't put me over my head and leave me. They're right there to jump in in case you know I can't swim. But uh, when I think about it. I would have never been able to do what I have done if I wouldn't have had people on the sidelines cheering me on, believing in me, and yet giving me sometimes tasks that were a little bit beyond me. It, it, it was a stretching experience. Of course. Nothing worth happening ever, nothing worth doing ever happens with someone acting alone. You had people That's along exactly the side. Right. That's exactly right. Uh, we're at our best when we're challenged. And all the way back to this, too many people feel helpless, hopeless, and powerless. The other element of this is, I think, They may feel powerless themselves, helpless and hopeless themselves, but I also think we've gotten to the space where somehow we expect someone else to do it. The politicians are going to do it. The people at the top are going to do it. Someone else is going to make things better. And in fact, what I've learned over and over, and I think more and more people now realize, is actually no one else is going to make it better. We have to make it better, and we can Let's, let's talk about leadership. Uh, if you could imagine I'm sitting in studio with what I think is two of the greatest leaders I've met. And uh, I've met a lot. John, you've opened a lot of doors for me. But uh, you really say the same thing about leadership. You, you really, but you say it differently. You look differently when you say it. Your voices sound differently. You've led differently in different environments. But yet there is this real commonality with both of you. So let's talk leadership philosophy. And I'm going to put you both on the spot. But, Carly, I want you to tell me, finish this sentence. Leadership is? Unlocking potential in others and changing the order of things for the better. John, leadership is? Lifting people to a level that they would have never gone on their own. So I love that. I've heard you both say, I I love that. They did not know that. That was not scripted. I surprised them both. But um, I've, heard, I've heard you say, profoundly impacted me last time we were together, Carly. You said leadership is problem solving. Yes. And John says leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. You both have made this ideology of leadership that is proven with years of continuous performance. Can you, can you just talk to me a little bit about your philosophy of leadership and how did you develop that? And Carly, we'll start with you. Well, I... Um... I started as far from a leader as you can start in a corporate setting. I started as a secretary. And I started at a time when people who looked like me, a woman, weren't leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, leadership was a look as well as a title, <laughs> right? Um, 
But everywhere I went, I found problems that had festered for a long time. And every time I looked around, I saw people who knew the problems were there and they actually knew what might make them better, but they didn't think they were supposed to do anything about it. I've learned three things in my life, starting from the very beginning. Everyone has more potential than they realize. Absolutely everyone, me included, but everyone does. People closest to the problem know best how to solve it if they're given the opportunity, the tools, the training, the chance. And anyone can lead. Anyone can lead. If I could lead, anyone can lead. All the way back to John Maxwell and what he means to so many people. And this is a conversation that John and I and you, Mark, and others had earlier today. We have a values problem in this country, and we have a leadership problem in this country. That's right. And you can't... The reason I think I could learn those lessons I just talked about, everyone has more potential, people close to the problem, anyone can lead, and I started solving problems where I was, is because I was founded first in a set of values. In my case, they came from my parents. Mm-hmm. Values are fundamental to leadership. But in other words, I learned leadership by doing it, and I did it out of necessity. I didn't think I was going to be a CEO. I thought I'd get fired tomorrow. So I had to work with other people and solve problems, and I did. Wow. John, your, your leadership philosophy and kind of how has that shaped you? Well, um, well first of all, Carly, you're exactly right. You learned, you learned leadership by practicing leadership. And that's why uh, you, you just don't learn it academically. You don't. No, it's you not, it's do not it. a knowledge issue. You have to. You have to get it. You have to roll up your sleeves and jump in and, and, and lead. Try to lead something, and, and, and you'll find out real quickly how well you lead and what you need to change. So that's the end of part one. As I mentioned at the top, we've broken our conversation into three parts, and so you'll be able to hear the next two parts over the next two weeks. Again, I want to remind you to check out both of our upcoming book releases. You can find John's book, Leader Shift, which comes out on February 5th at johnmaxwell.com. And you can find my upcoming book, Find Your Way, coming out on April 9th at carlyfiorina.com. You can always check out more By Example episodes on carlyfiorina.com or on iTunes, please review and subscribe. As always, reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter at Carly Fiorina or send me your thoughts on carlyfiorina.com. Until next time, I am Carly Fiorina and this is By Example.